0: You're listening to the Biz Library Podcast, a weekly discussion of important topics that affect both HR and learning and development professionals. Biz Library is dedicated to creating the best and most complete online learning solution that both engages employees and drives business results. For more resources like this podcast, be sure to head over to our website where you'll find up to date ebooks, infographics, and other resources as well as SHRM and HRCI-approved webinars focused on creating better workplaces through great human resource practices and employee development. Hello, and welcome to the Biz Library Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Smith.
1: And I'm Hannah Brenner. Today, we're joined by Matt Havens to talk about customer service for your entire workforce.
0: First of all, Matt, we know how busy you are, so we wanted to thank you for taking time to join us today.
2: I cannot thank you enough for having me. I am super pumped, so thank you.
0: Awesome. I think we're going to have a great discussion here. Just so our listeners get an idea of why we're so excited to have Matt on the podcast today, um, I'm going to do my best to read this bio in the most dramatic way I can. Engaging. Hilarious. Unique. These are just a few of the words that Matt uses to describe himself. Fortunately, others do seem to agree. For the past decade, Matt has worked in various leadership roles at a Fortune 50 company in areas as diverse as marketing, employee retention, and management. As a result of this experience, Matt has been able to craft multiple keynote presentations to address some of the most pressing issues that today's businesses face. Two of his best-known keynotes are Stop Acting Your Age, an entertaining keynote to help you avoid generational warfare, and You're Not an Acronym, a practical approach to leadership. Matt has quickly become a must-have for any event where audiences want to learn something new while laughing at the same time. You'll soon learn why one of Matt's clients has called him both the funniest and most informative speaker I've ever heard in, in my life. Um, so we gave quite a promise there that we'll soon learn that. So let's let's get down to business. We only got about twenty five minutes or so. Um, we're here today to talk about customer service. Customer service in today's day uh, and age can certainly go viral, both good and bad. Um, let's talk about some of some of the ways you see. Um, Customer service evolving as sort of social media and, and all these things pick up on on good and bad so uh, good and bad customer service.
2: Yeah, no, great great question. And uh, you, you know, I think customer service in and of itself is almost a term that we're starting to see people get away from or move more towards that idea of a customer experience. Um, but quite frankly, I also think that that's kind of what. Is confusing people about this topic a little bit is customer service, customer experience, happy people that you see and engage with, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's about creating um, an enjoyable experience that somebody interacts with you and your product. Um, so from a from a good experience, I think the ones that um, you know people rave about and, and talk about and can stay with your brand for however you know long you're engaging with them. Uh, those are people that just make the interaction simple make it convenient, do something that makes them feel um, like an individual and not uh, a big part of uh, or or in this larger group of people. And then the ones that go poorly are when you forget to do those things or when you treat somebody um, the way that they wouldn't want to be treated. And uh, with just as many opportunities as we have on a daily basis to engage in some type of customer experience, you know, I think it opens up the opportunities to have some really good ones and some really bad ones. And even for those to kind of meld together a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I think the good, I think the good ones are all about creating those convenience, simple experiences and just doing it repeatedly.
1: Definitely. So when we think about, you know, customer service, like you said, the term is starting to go away. We don't necessarily have customer service departments anymore. Like we used to, um, depending on what industry you're in. So, how do you make that a priority for the entire organization? So it's not the, well, I don't work in customer service. I don't have to worry about that. But something that everybody owns.
2: Yeah, I I, I actually think it starts with hiring. And I mean that in every area that a company might hire. Because you're absolutely right. You might not be going into a customer service type role. But... Who you hire and who you bring into your organization plays, I think, the most important role in what customer experience and service looks like in, in, in the organization. Um, and I'll and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, typically when it comes to hiring, most companies have their process that they go through. Um, it's and sometimes it's kind of generic or it's a you know a face to face interview, maybe some references, those types of things. But I think we're starting to see companies take. Customer experience and service um, so seriously that they're including that in their hiring process. And I'll give you two quick examples. Um, a company that I was working with last year, they uh, started asking what I what is actually a very very simple question, but I think it's beautiful. They started asking um, in their interview, uh, "Tell us the tell us the last nice thing that you did for somebody." Hmm. That was a question that they asked in the interview process, and. What they were looking for was less of your answer and more about how quickly you could come up with a response, which I thought was fabulous. I was like, oh, it's beautiful. Um, and in fact, in some hiring that I was doing, I started asking that question. And it's, it is it is a really cool social experiment because if you can't tell me the last nice thing that you've done for somebody else, and it doesn't have to be big, it could be you open the door for somebody you know, this morning, or you said thank you to somebody, you know, very small things. But if it takes you 10 seconds to think of the last nice thing that you did for somebody, then I probably don't want you being a partner in my brand or my company. Um, and so they said after this company that, that did that, they said that they started to see a different level of experience, it even helped with the culture and workplace. Um, so I thought that was just a fabulous example of, of incorporating it into your hiring process. And, um, and then the other one that I kind of like to highlight a lot is uh, USAA so my previous experience has been in kind of insurance and financial services and usaa is uh, always gets rave remarks for their customer experience and service and satisfaction uh metrics uh, within that uh, industry and one of the things that they do in their hiring and onboarding process is because they are primarily a company that deals with folks that were in the military or currently serving they actually have all of their new hires go through a definitely a pared down version of basic training, um, and they have them get some experience of what it's like to have gone through that. And of course, as you can imagine, what they start to get an appreciation for is all the work that you know the people they're going to be talking with and engaging with have, have gone through, and it, it, it brings a tremendous amount of respect in their interactions with their customers, they have that appreciation for what they're doing, um, and so then in turn it, it, it shows itself in how the their customers feel about the interactions that they've had. So that for me, you're right. Customer service is about starting at hiring and doing it in all areas of the organization. Cause if you get that right. And if you have that conversation early and try to weed out maybe some of the people that don't match with your brand or your company, then I think you're at a better place to then address people down the road with the, specific to their role about what they're, um, what customer service looks like in their role.
0: Uh, what are some of the biggest pitfalls um, that companies that want better customer service or strive to provide excellent customer service? What are some things getting in the way of that customer service? And what are some things that companies are doing that maybe isn't reflecting their commitment to customer service? For instance, uh, maybe a sales team over-promising on, on features or something like that. What are some of those um, things companies should look out for?
2: Yeah, I... I you know the first thing is i think uh too often we uh, kind of go back to the hiring example i think we we don't spend enough time hiring and then after that we we let the if if the if the person the individual with that poor customer service isn't working out we kind of tend to give them a longer leash um we, you spend all that time to hire somebody you don't necessarily want to have to go through that process again so you let that manifest itself out longer than maybe it should be and so I think um, one of the pitfalls that um, organizations have is um, not addressing those customer service issues quickly and in the moment and you know looking forward to some very kind of quick turnaround to any negative behaviors that you might be seeing there. Um, but the other thing kind of to what you're alluding to Derek is I, I also think that from a customer service standpoint, sometimes we, we over promise and under deliver and um, and part of that is because we, I think we all have a desire in our interactions to, you know, make, make people happy and tell them what they want to hear. But sometimes when we do that, especially in a customer service realm, uh, sometimes then the actions that have to follow to make that situation rosy and wonderful and make them a, a fan of, of your product and service, uh, it, it falls flat because we can't really deliver on some of those things. So it's a pitfall, but I think the companies that turn that around and do really well Um, I always like to say they, they express kindness with candor. So they, they're kind to you in your interaction, but they also tell you the realities of maybe if you're having an issue, what they can do for you. And they go, um, above and beyond to try to make that correct, but they don't, they don't overpromise something that they can't actually do. So
1: let's say that there is a company out there, um, None of our listeners' companies, of course, but a company out there that does have this problem. Maybe you have been overpromising. Maybe you have been letting these bad behaviors slip for too long. How do we go about correcting that and training people to have more of that, you know, customer mindset and mentality? What would you say are those first steps to the corrective behavior?
2: Yeah, I I, I think... Hannah, to your point, I think the first step in that process is to have, um, you know, a a training process or program, whatever you want to call it, that where you make customer service and the experience the number one priority. So, and I I think you're seeing companies doing that today. You're hearing a ton about companies talking about, you know, we've got to be thinking about the customer's needs and, um, you know, do what's right. Um, You know, but I think that starts with, with how you're engaging that workforce, how you're talking to them about what's important, and and working with them so that they can understand maybe what's right or what's wrong in certain situations, um, you know, it, I still kind of keep going back to this hiring thing a little bit. I think that's got a that helps in this process because um, there are some things that I don't know that you can always teach or correct in uh, in, in someone's behavior about whether or not. They know the difference between right or wrong. Um, and, you know, I think we all know in an interaction when you treat somebody right, we kind of know if we're maybe not treating somebody the right way or the wrong way, if you will. And so some of that I don't know that you can always train, but, you know, you really just have to address those situations as they come and just be very, um, you know, steadfast in that approach to making sure that you're addressing those those bad situations when they do happen and praising and recognizing the good ones when you see it.
0: What about um, brands that are, are more business-to-business? Business? So a lot of times we think of customer service as the cashier um, checking us out, uh, but what about in a business-to-business business context? Um, what are some things that businesses can do to sort of show their appreciation to their customers who are also businesses? Maybe there's a, a contact there, but sometimes it's, it's hard to, to tell a business thank you.
2: Yeah, no, that's 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 probably uh, – agree. That's a very difficult one to tell another business, you know, thank you. But I, I think at the end of the day, whether it's business to business or not, those are personal relationships that you have. And um, companies, you know, big and small, I think we, we all kind of think of ourselves, even the organization thinks of itself as a person. So if, if, you, treat, if you treat each other with that personal relationship and you look for ways to show that appreciation, um, I, I, still think, I still think it can uh, move the conversation forward or move the, um, the experience forward. So I, I wouldn't say, Derek, that I, I've seen, like, a specific uh, example here or there that's that's amazing from a business-to-business per, uh, business, business perspective. But I'm curious, like, from that standpoint, what are, what are some of the things that, you know, that you're doing today that you wonder if it's hitting the mark?
1: Well, so we, you know, for example, have, like – new client appreciation um tactics that we do that six months into your first contract you know you're getting a handwritten card and a thank you gift from us of you know this thank you for being a client we truly value this partnership we can't wait to see where it goes um we've had good response with that But then we were also doing Like extension and renewal cards Of when you renew your partnership with us We were also sending handwritten cards And got zero feedback People didn't seem to care Completely failed miserably So it's like how do we show Hey we appreciate your business You know we truly do value You as a client Without it just being Something that ends up in the trash Or something very gimmicky Mm -hmm. Yeah
2: uh, that, that's fair. That's fair. And I, guess, and I guess that's where I was trying to think through from that sort of like business personal relationship standpoint, because I, I do think the companies that when you, if you have that relationship with one person who's your contact, so to speak, and you're sending them those appreciation type gifts or little little things that more oftentimes probably come unexpected to them. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like another inter- positive interaction that you're creating for those people. Um, to remember you and remember, you know, why they chose to to go with you guys in the first place. Uh, it, it, but it's more about those individuals versus, like, what can we do for a large business or a larger group of people? It's, I think it's probably more specific to that individual. But.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to know um, kind of the tactics to overcome a bad experience. So mm-hmm. let's say, you know, it's not a cashier at a department store. It is a business-business relationship. You work with the same person ongoing, and there is a bad experience. How, as that individual, do you then begin repairing that relationship so you can get back to being, you know, on great rapport or having great rapport, having a great customer relationship?
2: Well, I I think it starts first with honesty, and it's with acknowledging that you had a bad experience and. You know, in most cases, it's about taking ownership of that and not trying to say, oh well, here's all the reasons why that went bad, you know. But it's hey, if it's business to business, hey, I'm really sorry, I messed up on this one, and um, and and then the next step I think becomes actually putting it a little bit back in the hands of of the of the customer and that's in that space and asking them what it is that you can do to try to help them. Like, what are they looking for? Because so much today, everybody has these like individual Needs or these individual expectations of what should happen. And too often we're taking like a a, a blanket approach to how we're going to do service recovery. You know, if this happens, this is what we'll do, service recovery. But, you know, with the way the internet is, the way that companies from other industries shape expectations, you really can't trust those kind of one-size-fits-all approach. So I think you have to just sort of talk to them, ask them, what can I do to help make this right? and more often times they'll tell you sometimes it might be unrealistic and that's where you can go and have that kindness with candor conversation. But, um, other times you might find out that all it's going to take is something very simple. Sometimes just the conversation alone is all they really needed. Um, but I, but I think you have to ask and be specific in that and not just take a, a a one size fits all approach. Um,
0: yeah. What about then? And I'm going to throw another hard one at you. Um, the case with Starbucks last year um, where they sort of made headlines uh, and a lot of people were angry at them. Um, what do you do when you have, you know, maybe you're a brand like that and you have a whole group of customers, not just one person that you said, you know, I, I need to apologize for something that we did wrong, but a, a bunch of people are, are are angry at your brand. Um, what are some steps you can take in that type of situation that you can think of?
2: Well, it... it it, so like in that, that in, in that example or, or those types of like large organizations. First off, you're going to make some people upset. It, it, it is not going to be it, it is impossible to always get it right. And no matter how amazing your business is, um, you, you know, there's always going to be some negative feedback based on anything you do. And I think the bigger you get, the more you kind of experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think organizations, I think you have to take a pulse of where where is that anger? What is it about? Um, And and sort of decide what situation you have on your hands. Uh, Because sometimes when, and maybe it's like falsely directed at you, especially online, I think you'll see sometimes the online community kind of come to your defense. Um, But when it truly is, oops, yep, we messed up. This isn't just, you know, negative uh, feedback that's coming our way. Like we really made a mistake here. Um, Then I think some of the things like in the Starbucks example Um, I think that they handled well was, again, being honest. Hey, we made a mistake here. Here's what we're going to do about it. And engaging with the communities that were impacted by that to try to make it right. It is not going to, you're not going to please everybody in that situation. But I think showing that you're willing to admit that mistake and uh, engage with people on what the correct behavior is, is key towards customer service. It's when you hide behind a cloak and, and, and nobody sees what, what happened or what you're trying to do and you just try to, you know, move on past it, that I think that's when you you continue to have longer-term impacts uh, in those situations. So uh, I feel a little bit like a broken record. I apologize for that. But it really is just about that honest conversation and engaging with other people to try to um, see what you can do to, to make it right.
1: Yeah, and I think we're seeing a theme here of, you know, we try to make – Good customer service, this, you know, big mythical thing, or this, you know, very complicated thing. And it, it's not. You, you've explained it's hiring the right people, being honest about interactions, you know, treating people as human beings want to be treated. Um, and we make it much more complicated than it truly is. Um, I do want to completely flip this though, which might throw you off. I apologize. Um, Hey, let's go for it. Okay. And talk kind of the other side of this, which is the idea of internal customer service. So we're talking about dealing with outside people, but we work with people in a company day in, day out who, when you interact with different departments, you need to be respectful of them and sometimes we forget that and you know when somebody in a different department asks you for something you don't get that same level of attention or service or respect so how do you begin addressing that if maybe internally it's an issue
2: god that is such a good question it's such a real situation uh, that that happens um because, you know, like I kind of mentioned before previously, I guess, in the bio, you know, my experience is in a corporate corporate America environment. And um, especially, again, as larger companies, as as you get, you you certainly get into your silos of, you know, you work with a similar people doing a similar function, yet you're working in a large organization that has all these different people um, involved. And so it's very easy to Treat your group one way, but forget about this other group that's still working for the same team that you got to interact with. Um, and so, part of the things, one of the, some of the things I think companies do that are really important to help on the back end, kind of create this positive customer experience, is you've got to create opportunities where people get to interact with each other outside of those outside of those kind of siloed areas. Um, because genuinely speaking, right, if I've interacted with you. If, I'm, if I've talked to you, if we've seen each other, we've been in meetings together, I'm probably just naturally a little bit more inclined to want to be nice and, and help out than if I've literally, we've never talked before. I've only gotten an email for you one, from, one, from you one time. So I think just creating opportunities to um, engage outside of your day-to-day goes a long way towards building that. Um, and I also think it's an inherent upon all of us that we have got to get out away from our computers. We have got to get away from email and IM and those types of things as our form of communication and sometimes just having those face-to-face conversations as well. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've sat over an email that you you could say it was customer service related, like how do I work with this business partner on something and you spend 25 minutes trying to craft this perfect email when if I would just get up away from the desk and walk over You know maybe it's a five minute walk to where that person is a 10 minute walk whatever and just have that conversation not only can we hash it out in five minutes but we can also like build a little bit of a relationship that's going to help from a customer service standpoint so um, i think those are just those are two very small things that you can kind of do but um, it is absolutely a a challenge that we have to think not just externally but what does it mean internally for us um, as far as customer and customer service goes
0: Thank you very much for sharing your knowledge and answering our difficult questions. We really do appreciate uh, both your willingness to share your knowledge and you giving us your time here today. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Matt Havens. Here are three takeaways from this week's discussion. First, customer service starts with who you're hiring. Make sure you ask people in an interview if they've done something nice recently. Secondly, the key to great customer service is honesty. Sometimes it's necessary for kind candor. And finally, make sure you prioritize internal customer service, too. Build a culture of respect in your workplace that will flow into your customer interactions. This podcast is brought to you by BizLibrary, your online learning partner. For more information, visit us online at www.bizlibrary.com. Every week... We'd like to spotlight one of the free resources Biz Library offers to help our listeners master the concepts and our key takeaways. This week, be sure to listen to our free on-demand webinar called Professionalism in the Digital Age. You can find a link to this webinar in the show notes or on the Biz Library website on the resources page.
1: If you'd like to appear on the Biz Library podcast or suggest a topic for discussion, visit us on Twitter at BizLibrary or email us at hannah at com. Don't forget to click subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, and share this episode with friends through social media.
0: Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Derek Smith.
1: And I'm Hannah Brenner. See you next week.